Welcome to Far North Toker. This is episode 148, August 11th, 2019, with your host, Mint Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today's episode, Hamana with Tundra Tonics. I met Hamana in Aurora Apothecary. She was dropping off an order for Kemp Langford at Bear Tundra Tonics. Just the interaction going there, seeing an entrepreneur involved with health and body. I knew she had to come on the show. Invited her right there. She said, yep, let's do it. And about five, six weeks later, here we are. There were times during this conversation, I was barely holding on to what she was saying. Intellectual, definitely. Philosopher, yes. Holding on to what was going on. Forgot I was interviewing at times. Just listening. We made it through. A good time in the far north Toker studio was had. Again, thanks for stopping in. It's only going to get better. One of the things that we talked about is having a producer sitting in there and queuing up things that we can watch as going on, you know, classic Joe Rogan style. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Audio podcast seems to be going good so far. Sky is the limit. I want to thank all sponsors. Good Cannabis. Chena Cannabis. By the way, they're still open during construction. Aurora Apothecary. Dab Lab AK. And not to forget, token sponsors, Green Dreams Cultivation, Frizen Farms, Alaskan Blooms, AK Canna Ed, and Alaska Puffin on the go. Thank you, everyone. You keep me lifted. Sad day five years ago, we lost Robin Williams. Been thinking about him a lot today and really a, a lot all the time. Um, Checking on our funny friends, right? Check in on the funny friends. Let's let Robin have his words and then we're going to get with Tundra Tonics. You know, as we come to the end of this phase of our life, we find ourselves trying to remember the good times and trying to forget the bad times. And we find ourselves thinking about the future. We start to worry, thinking, what am I going to do? Where am I going to be in 10 years? But I say to you, hey, look at me. Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night. And when a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. Make a wish. Think of me. And make your life spectacular. So I take whatever flower and I always just put it in the vape. And for me, because I have asthma, so I really shouldn't be smoking in the first place at all. I try to counter that by like, you know, I run like four days a week. I'm pretty healthy for the most part. Um, But occasionally I do gross things, but I, I still try to minimize it by putting it in the vape. And, you know, that really does help. It's a big difference. You do miss out, I think, on some of like the visceral 
qualities of just taking a hit of, of raw flour somehow. There's just something about it that like God, s- smacks just of like, you can taste it. You can like feel it in your cheeks or something. Just, just the herb. Yeah, just the herb. And like the paper is different. The vape is different. The still it's different. And you, and putting fire to it. I mean, you're, you're putting fire to a plant compared to the, um, the vaporizer where depending on what is that? Like a ceramic chamber. Right. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it all up. And, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly. Like it's, it seems it, a little alchemy. Yeah. And it's, I like that about it though too. But you know, cause this is, I mean, at the end of the day, all smoke is not good for you. You could smoke carrots. <laughs> They're not good for you. Uh, benzene and other volatile compounds that are the byproducts of combustion. Those things are effing bad for you, whether it's wood smoke or carrot smoke or wheat smoke or anything smoke. Same thing with charred meats. So, um, this doesn't sound super related, but you know, there's nothing wrong with meat. I'm an omnivore. If I could get really clean meat from a neighbor, from a real cow, I'd do that 24 seven. I would do it for the rest of my life. I'm not opposed to meat, but if you're going to char that crap and in the pan or the barbecue and it gets all black and stuff, guess what? That stuff's cancerous. I mean, love it or hate it, liberal or conservative, that's cancerous. And also... Why? Just the the act of the burning of the flesh? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it makes... Um, so the, the one main thing, they're called heterocyclic amines that are the byproduct of um, high temperature cooked meat. So this is, this is actually the reason why you're supposed to like bake your meat nicely and like the oven and stuff, which is true. If you can bake your meat, bake your meat. But, um, so, and if you don't, you, you're making these heterocyclic amines in varying amounts. And the thing is that some people's bodies are equipped to remove those because their bodies are equipped naturally to remove a, a wide range of toxins Every day. Yeah, we're a giant filter, aren't we? Yeah, that's totally. That's, I mean, that's how we, you can, I mean, you can smoke cigarettes and live to your 60s, right? That's pretty good. I mean, they don't just kill you outright. Drink alcohol. 60s, (laughs) 70s. Yeah, you can make it pretty far. Our body's always trying, but some. And some never touch anything and just go down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, but then like, you know, some people actually don't get rid of those heterocyclic amines and and they cause damage and they stick around and do things that you don't want them to do. So. You know, there's individual susceptibility to these things and you just have to weigh for your, your own self what you, what amount of risk you want to accept, you know, a- after learning the basics or whatever. All right. I'm going to hit this. Right. You can sit in a bubble your whole life. Right. And there's risk that you choose. I mean, there's risk that you put in your body. There's risk that you, uh, actions that you take. There's risk in um, places you put yourself. Oh, everything, even all the good things. I mean, everything has a price. Nothing is all win and nothing is all loss. Just like, you know, if you want to get a little bit more thoughtful or zen or you want to put your whole life into perspective and you want to like map it out and make all, I'm a bit lightweight. I only smoke very little actually, Uh, maybe in a bit, but. I'm kind of a baby. I'm, I'm very sensitive to things, so I have very small amounts of things, and they affect me hugely. But I'm one. Well, you seem to be aware too. Yeah, no, I'm trying I'm to be a very introspective person as a hypersensitive person, and as a autistic spectrum person, and also an asthmatic, and a, a whole range of things. I was also on top of that. I was also homeschooled, you know, all, all the way till fourth grade. So 
I was always different than other kids. Like, Didn't have a lot of that social norming early. No. And our family was super weird because they were Christian Nazis. I mean, they, they literally destroyed music because they thought it was for Satan. Um, this happened in our, in our home and in America. And, you know, when I talk to people about that, you know what their response is from most people, they're like, well, everybody was doing it back then. <laughs> uh, destroying music? Yeah. For, you know, for, um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's a terrible, it's very, that's very illuminating, but that's a, that's a very jaded, terrible response. I mean, have a little empathy. I mean, that's clearly the wrong thing to do, even if you were living in the sixties, but you know, whatever, I digress, but I was always a very different kid. So. You know, when I met the other kids, when I was going to public school and the kids on the block, I mean, um, I was just always different than them. And that was fine for the most part until like later in life, you know, you get a little older, you go through puberty, then you get very serious. Then, it, then everything matters a lot more and all these things. And I was even weirder because actually my older brother died in a car accident when I was eight. Uh, he was 18. I was 11. This is in Virginia and D.C. Then right after that, bam, my parents divorced. Because, you know, that actually is very common. If uh, parents lose a child, very many of them divorce after because it's too much pressure living in the modern world in modern ways, facing chaotic, raw reality where things happen, people die, people are torn from each other. Sometimes it's random, sometimes it's not. People have a very hard time facing that. So they want to flee back into Kodak virtual reality where everything is good and controlled and polite and nice and no one's at fault. And... It's a wonder I can think at all And my lack of education So parents split up after the kid, you know. Different expectations of, of how one is reacting and you're not feeling it hard enough or you're, it was your fault or all those things. Putting yeah. blame different places and regrets and it just all bubbles up and uh, the pain is misdirected. And, and yeah, and that's a, that's a major part of it. But, the, and then on top of that, to like flip all this like sort of critical sounding stuff on its head, very natural things happen too that are not necessarily toxic. Like you just, you know, you, it's everyone knows you gain a lot of perspective when you lose someone close to you. Life changes, the world opens, you see the abyss, you see how pointless everything is, but also how special everything is. And so, you decide, my life is worth so much more than I thought it was. Holy crap. Life in general is worth so much more than I thought it was now that I've seen how easy it can end. And so you tend to, it's like going into your 30s. It's its like growing old or whatever. You just, you start to care less about the things that seem frivolous and petty. And you start to focus more on the things that you think matter. So I was a very serious child because on top of that, you know, we didn't talk about autistic spectrum disorder in our family. That was not a word that, like... Well, it's not that old of a word. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, not at all. So that's fair, too, right? Like, yeah. the general literacy has really shifted. We could even just say right now, let's say in the last four decades, there's actually been a quiet revolution in the way everyone thinks about the way brains work. And not only the way brains work and behavior and culture works and let's say technology too and literacy. In addition to those things, people now are, have gone through a revolution in the way 
a liver works and a kidney works and your gut works. Hey, there's actually a bunch of bacteria in there and they actually form this whole entire other body that lives with your body and they talk to each other and influence each other. And it's, it's crazy. So we're seeing the world in greater detail now and we're seeing all of the complexity that all is not always comfortable business. It's in fact probably the most uncomfortable business that's out there is, is having to accept these changes in your worldview. But, you know, I think that's what we're all going through right now for sure. And in fact, it's not a slow process anymore. No. There's so much information available and uh, so much conflict and we see it all. We're all learning. We're learning quickly because we're seeing all the stories happen. And I feel like we're almost like insects in a storm because for us, a, a day is so slow. And let's say all of the websites and all of the other podcasts and all of the, the, the all of the everything that happens in a daily cycle and then a weekly media cycle also. Really, let's say you were a outer space alien and you just lived a little bit differently and your scales were all different and your perception and stuff and to you insects are like oh they're so silly they live for a few days and then they're gone they know nothing haha and like people might say that about us too because it's not that all this chaos is infinitely subjective and infinitely creative in fact it all follows pretty much really rigid rules so if you wanted to map out let's say, the temperaments and also the subject matter and any range of data you want to pick for the things that were said in in the media. And I'm talking like a lot of the good things too, like even just like a new paper comes out about the brain, a new paper comes out about depression, a new paper comes out about CBD and autism and something awesome like that. And there's so many shifts throughout each week and so many millions of people's thinking, but it's not infinite. It seems crazy because you're in the middle of the wave, in the middle of the storm. If you were to get out of it and see it from above, all of a sudden it looks like patterns and growth, um, strata, like the layers of the earth that get buried based on different geological activity. And there's patterns. There's, there's patterns and all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of it seems like it is trending upwards, so to speak, towards like a a higher resolution view of reality and and hopefully that dominates over the fear and the illiteracy the celebration the celebratory culture of fear and illiteracy and uh hating big words and hating science and hating knowledge and that stuff is for phonies and that stuff is for all the people who are lying to us I don't, it just gets down to we're, we're still monkeys. We oh, can't yeah. handle so much of that. Some can, but we, we go back to the eyes, what we can see, what we can touch, to to comprehend calculus and space travel. Yeah, and what and how we, a TV works. Oh yeah, we don't even know that, right? Uh-huh. Not, not really. Like pop quiz, how does a TV work? Uh, you fail instantly. Yes, and I, and I would fail that too. I'd be like, well, you know, they. Shoot, that's a representative <laughs> that's, that's like translated from the electrical signals that travel through these wires. I was always amazed at just a record player. 
that you could have a physical yeah, really object weird, huh? that that spins and and a, a needle is on it and it is amplifying that. Like, how do they get that onto there? That's what we're eyeballing, and I'm, I'm sure I could watch a YouTube video on it that would explain it to me yeah, in I wish, 30 seconds. Yeah, if we, I wish we had an assistant that could be like, we're, pull, we're pulling it up right Joe now. Joe Rogan style, right? Yeah, no, pull it. <laughs> Pull that stuff up. <laughs> it's we need. It'll happen one day, Hamana. It's oh, gonna happen. I'm ready. I'm excited. That'll be great because honestly, we should see that right now. Because now I'm thinking crazy things. I mean, what if you could like touch a uh, hieroglyphic wall of a pyramid and like Egyptian words came out of you or something? <laughs> that's pretty far fetched. But I mean, come on. What I mean, that's like a record. just translators. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. I understand what you're saying. It's like a record almost. I mean, I'm thinking of the most silly possible version of that, but it, it is weird how. Or Braille information. Your 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 fingers going across something, and you can make sounds based on your, you know, you're interpreting that. You could go A F T E R. So, and I think kind of would be that too. Yeah, and that's like one of the biggest misunderstandings about the internet. People think that it's just an emotion box, or like some such thing, or some some other bad description that I don't know how to respectfully describe to make it sound like someone's honest belief or whatever. But um, what bad like. Just no, I mean, negative? what, no, what I really mean though, like, I don't, I don't know how to say what I was just saying, <laughs> but with the, with the computer, I mean, and, and also language, these things are information like electricity. They're stored on physical mediums like pulses, like, like a line, a dot, a line, a dot, a wave, um, or, you know, ones and zeros or you name it, what have you. And everything is like that. I mean, our whole entire virtual world, our world of writing, our world of culture, that is actually... Okay, so funny story. (laughs) This is actually how, you know, modern civilization began. One of the ways, anyways, that was instrumental in in informing where we are today, and that is the written word. When the written word came around... It wasn't to express feelings, and I noticed that the sky was blue, and, to, you know, today was... Money. Yeah, and it was uh, counting things. It was money, for sure. <laughs> the very first writing on this planet was, oh, Joseph has 50 sheep, only has 13 cows, keep an eye on it. And, uh, like... Or you owe me three three sheep. Yeah, and in weights and weights and measures and it was all receipts it was all very bland receipts and like accounts of battles but also mythological accounts which but there was still art then yeah no i mean so everything actually used to be part of the same thing there was religion art music writing all those things in were like renaissance in that area no 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 i'm talking mesopotamia I'm saying all throughout the beginnings of all all society all these things were actually one mass that was um, interacted with as if they were all the same thing. There are modern examples, so I didn't mean to say that Renaissance era doesn't count. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, so I'm just further back. I'm, so here's a modern example. Same area, though. It's just that you're talking about that culture and that society, but what about like a native culture? Or, okay, Cunan, uh, um, Incan. Okay, I can't do Incan right now, but I do have the Cuna, I think, Nucha, that's Cuna, anyways, people from Peru. They are the subject of this essay that was something that was a pillar of when I used to be like a scholar. I used to write and, you know, essays and also novels and um, I've been published. That was like my first life and my first career. And so the Cuna people in Peru were the subject of this essay called Mimesis and Alterity by Michael Tossig. 
I would say don't listen to him talk on YouTube. He's a bad talker. He can't even talk about his own stuff. He doesn't like that business. He's really good at writing. And uh, he talks about these people. And so going back to why, like, you know, um, religion and art and talking art were all once the same thing in, in people's minds, when they would teach people about different plants and trees, it was also like a social ritual. And it was also a song. So they would literally, like, this old dude comes out and sings, like, This tree is the grandfather of this person in this place and all of this time. And they sing it ritualistically like that. And they keep doing it, you know, for not just five minutes. We're talking, like, two hours long. But, and it's not just poetry, though. It's not for fun. It's not aesthetically pleasing and that alone. It's literally an instruction manual. They're singing their cultural instruction manuals to the next people who need to keep all those things. And there's vestigial aspects of that still in us. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Some, well, you know, it's like the same, right? Some old dude comes out, comes into the room, and, and sings the instructions to the next generation, except we do it to, like, little, little kids now. Um, so there's all sorts of co-minglings of different generations, different centuries, and different arts, and different religions, and different cultures that really are like a Tower of Babel, big fractured pile of little shards from what was once this whole entire crystal of human experience. And, you know, it's been like shattered, which is not... A by big, writing, you're saying? No, by a combination of things. And, and writing was one of the central things that <laughs> abstracted the whole world. All of a sudden, there's a placeholder and a representative plane that mediates how the information mm, of the world... This is, is truth. Yeah, for sure. And um, so relations between people, and even professional ones, between artisans, hunters, people who had actual different vocations culturally, they all used to be personal. If I want some boots... It's probably going to be personal between me and someone and everything else. And that was just the rule. It was not the exception. There was trade at that time even, but it was different. A lot of it was coastal. A lot of it had like hard to talk about that right this second. But what happened in Mesopotamia, all of a sudden there was this abstracted language and there was a code, a code of writing all things and keeping track of all things from an abstract sort of overhead perspective, where now relations were not personal, they were literally mechanical and like computerized. I am a baker here in time on this day of this value under like a the yes or no, on or off, that yeah, yeah. zero or one. And um, so people's personal relations began to be you know all starting all the way back then cultural practices began to be uh, like tabooed and outlawed and like that progressed and progressed and progressed and progressed and progressed and progressed now to the final extreme state where I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but now there are like zero personal relations, really. People hang out a lot, they talk a lot, they text a lot, but they're not really with each other. They're really scared of each other. Most people live in their own little box and the music gets piped in, and the food gets piped in, and the water gets little piped in, and even the air gets piped in. Song. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky, little boxes on the hillside, little boxes all the same. 
There's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky tacky and they all look just the same. And the people in the houses all went to the university where they were put in boxes and they came out all the same. And you don't. And now the stories get piped in. Yeah, and the stories get piped in, and the education gets piped in, and um, a whole bunch of horrible things that are even none of those things, and less than those things, but also more dangerous than those things. Get and it's piped not a in. shared story anymore. No, and everyone's afraid to talk about things with each other. I mean, as much as people, I think, are contradictions abound. Okay, because you know people are also talking more than they were, but they're also talking less. Everyone's very scared. Anything you say now, it could only be a sentence or a paragraph and you're going to freak someone out just because you thought about something. Everyone thinks that the apocalypse is contagious or something and that they're going to catch it from everyone. And, and that's a very poetic concept. I mean, understand that it's like talking poetically, but... Or that if you listen to a crazy man, you're going to become crazy? Yeah, you know... Or your interpretation of what crazy is? Mm. Like if you say, "Hey, that guy's crazy," I'm not gonna listen to him because then I'll I'll start talking to him or something. No, I associate think, me I with think that. it's more like a guilty as a associative. So there's this whole thing in perception. I used to study the brain, um, especially in one guy. His name is Thomas Metzinger. He's a German man, and he wrote this book called "Being No One," and it's actually like a very technical work. It's not it's not about being no one in a poetry sense. It's a technical work about the brain. It's neurocognitive philosophy, and he's a total master genius. The point of that is that there are all these ways in perception that we apprehend the world and make decisions that we're actually not aware of. They are, quote-unquote, programmed into us, and we're not aware of them. So one of them is guilty by association. You've probably heard the grossest version of this that I can think of. It really does frustrate me a lot. I'm a I'm a pro-female uh, person. No offense to anyone or, or anyone, but... Um, they, How can they, you have offense when you're pro-something? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but <laughs> the, it sounds like, oh, you're a feminist, oh my God. I mean, no. I'm just but a, if you, if just you are pro-something, that doesn't... You're not against something. You shouldn't offend someone by being pro. Oh, totally. But, I, you know, I'm reflexively right now. I feel like uh, you couldn't be too polite and go wrong right about now. And I've always cared a lot about being polite. So mm. I don't, if someone says to me, like, have a blessed day, I don't get mad and say a bunch of stuff to them. I'm like, hey, you shouldn't say that to me. I'm just like, okay, you too. <laughs> like, I'm so open. I don't care who you are. I love every single person on this planet. I mean, as long as they're a good person and they have a mind and they're respectful they believe in being kind and not, not throwing trash out of the window of their car. And like, you know, like there's a list of things. It's like, okay, I mean, if, I don't care about, about that stuff. But so shoot though, the, the you're too polite. Yeah. But it was, um, so, something about, um, poor female. Yeah. And it was right before that. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to Some, catch you back onto that train. Yeah, something about um, centuries of what happened to them, though. Dang. Oh, that, that does. We'll catch it because I'm close to it, too. I'm like tiptoeing around what you were saying. 
I know, I can like feel it in the, the shallows, like... Uh, um, a lot of times, just in conversation, especially for a smoker uh, as myself, oh, yeah. just staying right in the present. Please say something else after this <laughs> so I can respond to it. Yeah. But um, just, it was the program... Ah, programmable think. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, so you guys <laughs> slam dunk. That's great. So guilty by association, man. The worst one. Yes. So what I was I was just disclaiming that I think this example is gross and crude, and I want to be clear about that. I think it's fair and um, reflects uh, the low quality of a person who would say something like this. And I have no qualms saying something like that, but you've probably heard that something that, you know, for girls, oh, well, if a girl that's less pretty hangs out with her prettier friends, she actually looks a lot prettier when she's with them. Whereas if you're the pretty girl around your, like, frumpy friends, then you automatically don't seem as pretty. And that is not a modern crappy anecdote that's like perception science that's how brains work so another example to bring it i i was i was so caught up in the first part trying to think about the first because i was thinking sports uh, okay but so no here's a here's the first stay with that one but you were saying the if you were with someone that's not as attractive you you were going to feel like you're brought up other people with other people think you look you, look you like, think other people think that, or is that an actual They do. It's an actual thing. Because you hang out with attractive, healthier people, then other people perceive you as healthier, attractive. Yeah, you are rated to be approximately like the average of quality. Curse of a feather. In the, yeah, totally. Exactly. If, if you're together, then you must be similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, majorly. So, okay. So that... Then go to the next part. That's the part. That oh, I'm here's gonna... your seat. Your seat is ready. Garcon, it's this table by the bathroom, and you're like, oh, come on, like, don't give me the table by the bathroom in a restaurant. No one wants to sit there, right? Why? Because it's right by the bathroom. And it doesn't actually mean anything. It's a perceptual thing, except depending on the door and the wind, I guess, like, technically it might mean something, to be honest. But, you know, there's there's types of doors where... It's a, it's a class thing, too, a status. Yeah. Feeling like you're furthest away from Mm -hmm. the worst place in the building or something. And so as a business owner who's um, half of the main business is being on the streets under tents working tables on your own, just setting up in places, you don't always get a choice of where your table is going to be. So some venue organizers are great and they... They're fair and they ask around and they figure things out and they also come up with designs that... So here's the real thing. The first problem is everyone thinks you just have to choose who gets the crappy table. It doesn't have to be like that. You can actually just choose how to organize so there are no crappy tables. How about that? But uh, And a lot of people do that and strive for that. And then there's some people who don't. And they certainly... Um, know who they want to be in that crappiest spot because when you've been doing this for years and years, people tend to look in certain directions and not others. This is back to the perceptual tricks that we can't really unprogram. For instance, people only generally look left and right. You know, soldiers know this well. People only know uh, to look left and right. People have to be trained to look up and down and at everything. Generally, they won't. They won't. 
And left um, and right is a two-dimensional world. Yeah, totally. Before we were flying. Yeah. When are we going to be... When, when are they going to say, not look left and right, up or down, but through? Yeah, no. In. Yeah, no kidding. Or, where's that fourth-dimensional vision coming? Exactly. We'll, we'll, we're, we're getting there. We'll, we'll get there. No, you know, people are actually... Um, a lot of people are getting used to the more complex world, and they are starting to internalize a deeper view of things. And I think a, a lot of people are already exercising a lot of autonomy, autonomy, excuse me, and responsibility in regards to the type of world they would like to see. And hopefully, most of those people just want a safe, clean world where most of us grow our own food and get off of YouTube and Netflix a little bit more and. I don't know, you know, whatever combination of all those. I don't think most people want that. Well, no, let's not. I don't even want to, like, I don't want that to be shown to be, like, real. I'm trying not to be okay. pessimistic today. And, uh, cause you, like, you might be right or whatever, you know, and I think I chose the wrong things to say, but I think, let's say, if I had my magical way of ensuring that each person was armed with the truth of their choices. And what was really going to happen if there was, you know, what if there was some way? Well, that, you, how far though? Dude? How far? You know, like it just immediately that next thing, or is it something that that first thing happened wrong? But you know, I, I there's always that um, the Garth Brooks song, and I can hear myself putting it in right here. Thank God for mistakes or something like that. It talks about sometimes I thank God. For unanswered prayers Remember when you're talking To the man upstairs That just because he doesn't answer Doesn't mean he don't care Some of God's greatest gifts Are unanswered prayers Oh, that's funny. I thought right. you were gonna say no one to fold them. That's not Garth Brooks. <laughs> that's Kenny Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd see that now. But um, that idea that yes, this is a horrible, horrible decision, and I'm not yeah. gonna open that because I see. Oh, there's the two doors. I see if I do the horrible decision. Oh, this is a better decision. I'm gonna go through here. But what if right past that, that awful decision is the best thing that ever happened to you? Yeah. So wait, which one's the awful one? Which one's the awful one that leads to the best thing ever? You mean doing the wrong thing? Yes. So like, the, so like choosing Twinkies leads you to the best thing ever? Because maybe that, may, yes, maybe because your timeline, you had to get Twinkies on this day and you meet someone or okay. you have okay. some. I see. So like <laughs> you were watching Dance Moms and they referenced something that like, you knew you had some epiphany how to connect to someone you met later that day and you're like I know what you're talking about because I watched dance moms you never know <laughs> yeah I see what you're ha I see what you're saying but actually you know as much as I think that we would like to believe in fate in that way I think it's a little bit of a gambler's lust I mean sure you can gamble on a lot of those things but if we're keeping it real what happens with a little bit of planning and discipline and, and thought and restraint? I mean, great things, right? Great things obviously come from those things. And then I think that you just have to... The best, play, the best played plans of mice and men or something. The best laid plans of mice and men. Yeah. The best... Yeah. The, something. The best 
paid plans of um, of mice and men. I was almost gonna say of like lice and hens, and I was like, no, that's too much. Stop, stop saying it back differently already. But yeah, sure, you can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't plan the weather. That's Steinbeck's um, Andre Three Thousand of Outcast. Mm. Same kind of the same thing. That's also kind of weird and doesn't make sense, but um, sure. That's that's one thing, but I don't totally believe in that as much as I believe in making a choice about how I want my attitude to be when I encounter things. Well, and it's you taking intention. Yeah, I think those things, I mean, all the people who formed this world, they weren't like internet trolls with zero scruples and zero ethics and hadn't read any books and didn't care about things. No, those guys, they, like, they all rode horses they shot and cleaned guns. They built bars. You're talking like founders? Anyone. Anyone from that time. They had so many more skills than the average person today because you had to. And they also mm. knew you can't just sit around and be your way out of anything. you got to make things. And you have to make plans. And you have to make decisions. And not like every decision that ever gets made is the best one. But I think that all the best things do happen when you um, decide to do things. And that's putting it a bit simply, but it's something like that anyway. No, I think so too. Take, yeah. Taking action, doing something in life instead of sitting and watching it go by. Yeah, and just having all these feelings and feelings and feelings and feelings and doing nothing about it whatsoever. Not doing anything about anything. You're not even like trying to like, this sounds like stupid, like, you're not supposed to try to change your friends. They're supposed to be whoever they can be. But no, you should. I, I try to change my friends. I try to change every single person I meet for the better, you know? Like, I try to be helpful and be a reservoir of knowledge and, and to be considerate and uplifting and things like that. And I'm trying to change everybody in that way. And I think it's very important instead of just, like, hiding Literally hiding inside your brain all day, hiding inside your feelings and behind them and ne never doing anything. I mean, maybe you like go somewhere and you drink and someone's like, how you doing? And you're like, okay, yeah, pretty good. It was okay. Like just, that's just nothing day in and day out. But I don't know. This, this sounds very critical with people now all of a sudden. But the, the thing is, I just think that there's so much more you can do in a day than peep than you think, and a lot of it's just by making decisions and choosing to interact with people and things a little bit more intentionally. And I think that big things happen when you start taking responsibility for those sorts of things. Hey there, Tokers, this is Lennon with the Weekly Toke Report. Starting off the week on Monday the 12th, we're gonna have $45 Chemdog 8s as well as eighths of Moonshine Ghost Train Haze for $39. Tuesday, we're gonna have $30 for all good edibles. That includes our uh, gummies as well as our hard candies. And Wednesday, we'll have 30% off all good concentrates. So that's wax, shatter, batter, crumble, and live resin. Come in and stock up. On Thursday the 15th, we'll have all good eighths for $45. What a deal, what a night. Friday, the 16th, we're going to have our uh, 150 half-ounce deals, so come in and stock up, as well as 25% off all CBD products. So if you want CBD, come get your CBD. 
Saturday, 17th, we'll have two grams of Durban Poison for $24, as well as we'll be continuing our 25% off CBD sales, so come and get some. Sunday the 18th, we'll have our 30% off Concentrates deals again, as well as our 8th of Moonshine Ghost Train Haze for $39. So stay high, Fairbanks, and stay kind. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Two things. I hope I will remember this second one. My daughter just went on a uh, rafting trip. Mm, where? Uh, uh, Denali. Oh, she's cool. little. She's third grade. Oh, okay. Ten years old. You know, the little the baby stuff. And she wanted to go into the much rougher area. And the, the guide said, no, nah, it's too rough. I'm not going there. And she said, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> and he said, yeah. friends don't That's- kill each other. Oh my god. So that's going into what you were saying, you know, this idea that you want to help change your friends, but then there are times when I'm grabbing this Coca-Cola that you're you feel pain, isn't it? Yeah. I know. Sure. I feel for it sure. from you. Yeah, for sure. I do. I want to say stuff all the time about it. Can I take a water? Oh yeah, no, it's it's okay. No, but I'm gonna cause pain. And I feel it in you. I mean I do because it's made by know, but that, it's made by basically a bunch of devils and it's it's not sure you care. You, you you know, you care about Ugh. and so how do your friends react to that? Do you Well their main thing about We're, we're not friends, not, we're acquaintances sure. that we met, we're friendly and you already feel pain and you're wanting me to do and I'm actually drinking water now just by being around you. So there you go. But also like so now it's like Total flip-flop confession time, right? Um, oh, you had a Coke on the way in. I did not, actually. I mean, something worse, you know. I smoked a cigarette um, this week because I was super sad and super stressed out, which is the first time it's happened in, let's say, like four months or something like that. Maybe even five or six months. I felt really, really good. This has been the best year of my life. Without a doubt, I said that last year, and now this year I think is better. It's also been very challenging, let's be real, but sometimes all of that stress of um, running a business, building a second, and then doing a, a bunch of other things on the side, I mean, and even just the business alone is six different full-time jobs just about let's take let's cut right there now Hama. okay and let me introduce you okay okay because it's been uh 35 minutes of you started with a bowl too early i think oh, we didn't, yeah. i didn't even get a chance to and you just you just talk and talk and talk and i can't get in <laughs> so here we are okay Dab Lab AK, winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's best glass shop, and there's no doubt as to why. High quality, American-made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting at competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm going to let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. 
for the highest quality glass that you're going to find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red Lyrical Sticker. Welcome to Far North Tokers, Hamana and now Curiel. Yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. That was great. That was perfect. That was my name. You said it. Curiel? Yep. That was the second half of my name, but yeah. And Hamana. People get that wrong? No. Okay, yeah, well, it seems pretty, unless they try to make the, the Y a long Y. Oh, yeah, a couple people do that. Pamina. Yeah, actually. Oh, no, one of them, so my two favorites, the my, my politest way that I thought was like. Of Tundra Tonics. Oh, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Before we get off again. So my business is called Tundra Tonics. It's the second one, technically, that I've ever had, but the first one doesn't really merit too much discussion, to be honest, and. Um, so this one was the one where I really put my whole life into it and laid everything out on the line completely for it and did it full time in, in Fairbanks, Alaska, which is, um, it's not easy doing it literally anywhere at all. It's not easier doing it up here. Well, what is it? Um, so our main product is actually raw apple cider vinegar and it's unpasteurized vinegar with the mother and then, but it's, it's more than that. So what happens is you put, 14 different ingredients into it as you would if it was a tincture or an extract, like a CBD extract. You put CBD in some oil. I put healthy plants in vinegar. And so I have to tell you the whole list, you know, just bear with me because it's onion, garlic, ginger, turmeric, jalapeno, habanero, cayenne, peppercorn, horseradish, lemon, rosemary, basil, sage, thyme. And everything is actually fresh and whole. Some of it local from farms here in town and everything else comes from the co-op. It all gets chopped up by the pound and goes into the vinegar like an extract for five weeks. So now all of the aromatic and healthy compounds from all those foods are in the vinegar. Um, if there's a taste or a smell or a chemical, or well, I said it wrong. If there's a taste, a smell, or a color, oh, it started with C, that's why. Then there's a, a chemical. So all of those things are, again, in the vinegar. I have one recipe that's red, and it's red from hibiscus leaf, but it's actually like more purple than red because it also has something called blue butterfly tea added into it. Now, from those things, there are the anthocyanins, and guess what? They're red. Chemicals have colors. Um, colors don't exist for nothing. They're all chemicals, and the ones in these foods are anthocyanins. It's actually what makes blueberries healthy. There's a big um, company, a huge supplement company, and they're called Elysium, or that's their product, actually. So, no, I don't know. I think they're, they're called Elysium. You can look it up by looking up Elysium. Basically, oh, we're all from MIT, and we're some of the brain's best lands, and we've been doing all this research for all this time, and they put out this product for longevity. And one component is called nicotinamide riboside, and it's a B vitamin, it's a non-essential B vitamin, and it does all these crazy awesome things to your DNA and your mitochondria and slows down the aging process, which actually I think it does. And, th and there's studies that show that form 
um, nicotinamide riboside, which is the precursor to NAD, actually gets into the body the correct way by getting into the liver first and then dripping out into our system, whereas there are other forms of this vitamin on the market that don't do that. They just build up in tissues willy-nilly. It's not exactly what you want. You want If you're going to take a supplement, you want to make sure it's going to move through your body in a natural way that your body can understand. So NAD, once you've made it from the supplement, you should also probably know NAD is something we naturally have in us. Um, in our bodies, we have a lot of natural antioxidants and enzymes and um, messenger proteins and all these awesome things that we naturally have that do awesome things to keep us young and resilient and happy. And um, NAD is one of those things. So the theory is, and it's, well, this part's not a theory. I mean, your NAD levels decline as you age. And this is like, oh, look at this. This seems pretty important because... You know, also once you start to get into your 30s, like your stomach acid is getting less acidic and, and things are happening. If you have any deficiencies, they're starting to show up. And um, your glutathione, which is another endogenous antioxidant, is probably diminished, especially if you have a condition. I mean, if you have asthma or you're on the autistic spectrum or you have IBD or IBS or you, pretty much anything, your glutathione, probably deficient. Because um, you can't produce enough to keep up with the amount of damage that living in the modern world as a new type of person um, accumulates. And so you can supplement some of these things and boost these natural things that you already have in you back up to levels that you had when you were in your early 20s. Sounds great, right? Sounds great. Yeah. No, same. And, um, you know, I do. I use some of these things. I've seen awesome results, but, you know... The thing is, is you, you don't have to just take it from me. There is actually a lot of great data that that shows that giving... We're going to talk about something different than NAD. It's called glutathione. So giving a whole bunch of people glutathione therapeutically um, actually drastically changes OCD, addiction, autistic spectrum disorder, asthma... You name it, glutathione is major. So people are boosting it up all over the world with different supplements and also different foods. You can do this really cheap. You can have some Brussels sprouts, some broccoli, some broccoli sprouts, which are actually really easy to grow. And, um, you know, um, you can actually look out on our Instagram. It's Tundratonics at... It's just that, just those two words, Tundra Tonics at Instagram and also Facebook. We're a little more active on Instagram, though everything is generally everywhere. TundraTonics.com is kind of under construction. It still works as an online store, but we're still building it. And I'm going to do a post about how you can grow broccoli sprouts easily and cheaply in your home because they are the number, they, they have the highest concentration of something called sulforaphane in them. So sulforaphane is the compound among some other sulfur compounds in garlic and all these things that we just said that can boost your glutathione and also boost another thing called NRF2, which we can talk about in a moment. But um, that's why I put a bunch of garlic in Tundra Tonic. And um, recently... So that's the, that's the product, Tundra Tonic. Yeah, Tundra Tonic is also, it's, self, it's like self-named, it's like... If I was a punk band and it was my first CD, it's like Tundra Tonics, Tundra Tonics. 
Apothecary CBD Superstore located in downtown Fairbanks. Aurora Apothecary CBD Superstore located downtown Fairbanks provides families, people, and pets with a wide variety of products from Mother Nature. We carry brands like Renew, Green Roads, Creating Better Days, CBD Plus Oil, and Select. Aurora Apothecary, 2nd Avenue, Fairbanks, Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., 456 Hemp. That's 456-4367. Aurora Apothecary, your CBD superstore for pets and people. Have a wonderful day. So there's Tundratonic, which is the original. And then there's there's three other recipes. So there's Dragon's Blood, Tundratonic, Sour Patch Spruce, and Pickled Tundra. What are the differences for so, why would one drink? Why would you drink one over the other? Because you would follow your craving towards what sounded better. That's um, it. Yeah, that's mostly it. So the differences are Dragon's Blood has the addition of hibiscus, lemongrass, and blue butterfly tea, and there's no caffeine. It's just a flower. Is this your this is your brain thought pattern knowledge? That yes. if you see a color, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm like actually, I don't know what that means, but yes. Um, but actually, I started drinking blue butterfly tea um, out of this place that I worked at. And, and the kitchen was, and this is like an off-grid place, like an hour and a half out of town or whatever. And, and the whole kitchen is a bunch of Laotian and Thai guys and some Philippine dudes. And they they always drank this blue tea. And they'd always give it to my friend um, who worked there with me and... Um, I thought it was awesome, and I was totally jealous of it. I totally wanted some, and so I just started drinking it. And then I looked it up, and hey, actually, this tea is consumed all around the world. And look at this. There's a bunch of scientific research about its health benefits. Holy crap. Not like That's all I need to know. I'm in. And blue butterfly tea, it has quercetin, which is a compound found in red onions and balsamic vinegar, in... Um, I can't believe my list stops there, but it's in a bunch of things. But, you know, people take it as its own as a supplement because of the things that quercetin does for our body. I've seen your products. They're in night. There is it a glass jar, a glass bottle. We actually just switched to glass. Um, <laughs> I, I like seeing in glass. I, oh, yeah. I like the, the feel of it. Um, like, do you drink the whole thing? Or is no. It, uh, no, definitely not. Okay. So what yeah. is it? Okay, so we're not just going to, like, put a straw in the bottle? It's not like you're going to drink it for breakfast or something. No, it's not like you're going to have a gallon of Kool-Aid all immediately at breakfast. Or a carton of orange juice also at breakfast. No, no but I've seen, aren't they, aren't they small? Like, um, yeah, no, they are. Eight-ounce kind of things? They are very small. So, like, there's, there's two-ounce bottles, there's eight-ounce bottles, there's a 16-ounce bottle. A lot of people think of, like, personal drinkable drinks in those right. sizes so i totally see the, the the idea but the thing is is it's just like vinegar because the base is vinegar it's very acidic so you're going to treat it as vinegar as you portion it out which is as little as a tablespoon 
as much as a shot, which is an ounce and a half, you can just use a shot glass, a regular one, not a double one. And don't use a quadruple boot-shaped one that you got from a German um, alcohol festival. Is it going to hurt you or just waste it? Oh, no, it could hurt you, actually, if you had too much. Yeah, if you were to drink, like, four, you know, four ounces or eight ounces or something crazy like that, I mean, vinegar can, can be, I mean, it's like, for one, if you drink too much water, if you drink too much of anything... But vinegar is very acidic, so I mean, if you drink too much, you you'll you, there is such a thing called like acidosis, um, which fun fact, um, some people have been pushed into lactic acidosis by drinking too much kombucha. There are documented cases of um, people who got really really sick and had a couple pace, uh, a couple cases, a couple people died, and there's there's no pinning it on anything, but Part of what was new in their lives is that they were drinking kombucha daily for three months leading up to their deaths. And um, so the things we eat and drink profoundly affect our body with everything. There's too little and there's too much. Everything's like that. And so is vinegar. So yeah, very small portion, just like a shot in a day is is the upper limit. We've got dragon blood. We've got... Oh, yeah. Tundra tonic. What is the other... Two, you, two other drum roll, please. There's um, Sour Patch Spruce. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's the most Alaskan one, probably, because it has um, spruce tips, hand-picked spruce tips, fresh ones, and um, rhubarb in it, in addition to all those things. So, um, it's actually, it's very nice. I should have brought some, so I could like be feeding you some while we're talking about it, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I can see totally see the difference. And, um, but it is very different. They all taste very... Very different. Okay, I'm down. I'll bring a flight. And um, it, it has a very sour note, duh, um, just like the name suggests. Um, but it actually has a spicy finish. It's not like a hot sauce, though. But, you know, it sounds scary, like, oh, jalapeno, habanero, get out of here. But actually, it's, it's very mellow in, in some ways. It's not spicy. It doesn't stick to your mouth and bother you all day. You feel the warmth, and then, bam, it's done. So this one's very interesting. So sour, rhubarby, citrusy, spicy, and then boom, done. And that one, if you wanted to like be a little bit good and a little bit bad, you could put it in a gin and tonic or something, and it'd be really, really good. Yeah, or, I was sitting there thinking about the mixture. That when you started talking about spicy, I was do pe- people use it in food? Yeah, a lot of times. So um, salads, just personally. salads, rice. Um, actually, just fresh veggies. You could just chop up some fresh veggies. We, my, my one friend and I. Um, she's an artist, so we actually collaborate on a bunch of things, and her name on Instagram is synchronicity.collector. She's a gold streamer, represent, and an awesome artist, pretty much a genius, actually. Her work speaks for itself, and it really captures people. And um, so she, we were hanging out the other day, and we just like chopped up a cucumber and put it in a big dish and put a bunch of vinegar in there and ate our veggies like that. That's great. That's also like... Pretty close to a salad. I think a salad is like almost like a recipe name or something because it's going to be probably like this. It's not just going to be a pile of cucumber, but what's the real difference? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I actually like to put it in my water most of the time or what's my real, real favorite is in sparkling water. Dragon's blood or sour patch spruce in sparkling water is totally divine, refreshing, fun, mellow, doable, 
and just so fun. And then also it's like guilt-free. You get the bubbles, you're getting all this flavor. It's very exciting. It's good when the weather's hot. In the wintertime, when the weather's cooler, actually I put dragon's blood in miso soup. And it's like hot sour miso soup. It's so disgustingly amazing. I also put it in a moose roast one time. Oh, the final recipe though, because we didn't really do this yet, but there's pickled tundra. And that one's special because it has fresh dill and pickling spice. Go figure, it's like it's like a tastes like pickles, but also it's spicy, so it's like pickly spicy, you know. You can imagine that one's really good in tomato juice and it's very herby, so that one's a good salad one if you wanted to do like some kind of dill salad or something. And it'd go with it really well. Dragon's blood could go on a salad with some berries like cranberries or um, strawberry and feta or something like that. And then Tundra Tonic is kind of savory and tangy. That one's really good in um, a bunch of different things, but um, it just varies by person. Everybody kind of does something different. I think I put it in baked beans the other day. And that was really good. I loved that. Just um, Tundra Tonic, a little hot sauce, and a couple other things, and baked beans, bam, done. You drink every day? Yeah, I do, actually. Nice. Yeah, it's safe for long-term consumption. I, your, your main worry, really, is just your teeth. If you have sensitive teeth, I mean... Think about that. It's, it's vinegar, you know. You need to be having a bunch of water with it, at least a bunch of water right after it. I actually try to just, like, sneak it down real quick now and not let it splash around. And then I, bam, hit myself with water right at the same time. So I try to make sure that it's never really sitting on anything for too long because I have somewhat sensitive teeth, but that's actually from other things in the past. I mean, I had a bunch of dental work done. when I, I mean, they look okay. They're, they're doing okay, but they... You know, they're a little sensitive. It's just a byproduct of a bunch of other things from the past, really. Seems like a good idea to be using it with your food, drinks. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, like, that sentence is very interesting, with your food, as if vinegar is other than food. Um, but back in the day, vinegar was just food. That's it. It's a food product. It's literally food. It's made of food. It's 100% food. And you eat it like food. It's food. Yeah, <laughs> I used it in a um, oh, a marinade. To, I made a marinade tonight, and it's mm. vinegar. Could have used some tundra tonic. Wonderful. I have what? What did you marinate though? A uh, piece of steak. Piece of steak, like like beef, like a beef ribeye. So I've heard <laughs> of more marinade success with like white fish and chicken. Mm. They tend to mesh well with those two types of things. I think sometimes the vinegar taste and the beef compete, except. If I'm going to do a burger, which I'm not afraid to eat a burger. I eat a lot of black bean burgers, but once in a while I'll eat a regular burger because that's fine. And um, when I put it in the pan, I'll put a splash of dragon's blood on it as if it was Worcestershire. And maybe sometimes I'll have both, but probably mostly I'll just do one or the other. And putting it, that burger in the pan and some dragon's blood on that, oh, that's, that's great. It makes a wonderfully flavored beef patty burger. And uh, I love doing that, for sure. Do you find yourself um, over-consuming then, that way? When you're like, okay, I'll just put a splash in here. No. And you are very um, intentional about how you're going to use it and thinking about how you're going to use it. Yeah, um, I'm very like that. I mean, if I have like too much of something in the day, I'm like, oh my goodness, OCD doesn't like this. <laughs> I, I, I like my patterns. I like my daily rituals. And, you know, I take... You know, probably two teams. She would know. You, you would know. Oh, yeah. You'd never get there. No. Really? Never. Like, 
two days out of the year, I'm like, I need more because it's dinner time, and I had some in the morning. Other than that, no, I, I don't go overboard with, with most things anyways. I couldn't stand to. When did you start this? What was the idea to actually jump on as an entrepreneur? It's tough to go out and sell things. It's not working for someone where they're just, they give you money, you put in time and hours. You could put in a hundred hours and not make anything. Yeah, yeah, totally. Plus, everyone could just laugh at you, oh. and not want to eat lunch with you anymore, and oh, I mean, just, like your friends, because yeah. you're trying to sell them stuff. Yeah, totally. And oh. like you're like, hey, let me tell you about vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, have like you know, have we talked about glutathione? You and I have we? And like you know, I'm always, I'm the I'm the nutrition police in my house and among my friends and. With my partner, like my romantic, but it's out of love, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I, you know, I don't take it too far, but I'm I'm obsessed with these things, so I'm constantly thinking about them. And, and you say I, you're sensitive, and so I, but I actually just reaching over and grabbing a coke or something <laughs> different. You're like, oh, it does seem better in here now. I will say that it seems cleaner, and you know, a, a bottle of water I think allows. Allows different thoughts and than a bottle of Coke does. I think if I think of a bottle of Coke, I think about Northern Michigan and the people that like didn't treat me right there and the people who were gross and anti-creative and all oh, the wow just from like because you drank it when you were a kid or something. Yeah, and because they loved it unabashedly. No offense to like, and I'm not saying I don't want anyone to feel bad if you have a soda. That's <laughs> that's not my plan. But no, this for, is your for, your thoughts. Yeah, but for me. Um, you know, that's what I, I, I think of those things and then boom, all well, of a sudden triggers those things yeah. that set off anything. Mm. very hyper associative mind. And so I'm thinking of all those people who like don't care about anything. They always drink a lot of soda or whatever. Not always. It sounds so terrible. Oh my goodness. No, my, my complete thought in doing it is just for energy. Come oh, yeah. in here after being all day and they token out and come in and just get a little, uh, energy for the show you know just get a little pumped up 100% I'm like like I said I'm it's, a, it's an intentional um, decision like yeah because I, I mostly drink water at home how many do you drink of Cokes a day uh, this is my first Coke in I had one last week when I was here oh man okay so you're doing great yeah I, I drink a lot of coffee oh well that's you know right. people do that they drink a lot of coffee and a lot of tea hard to argue with that I mean, you should have a little less, actually, most people, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sure we should have less. It's like whatever. But that and water. Um, uh, yeah, but the soda, it's an intentional choice for... Um, then you'll just want just that. So now we're not disrupting with your glucose and insulin and your dozens of insulin-like growth factors, which are a suite of hormones that attend blood sugar dynamics. Now we're just disrupting your endocrine system with the water. <laughs> Because of the plastic, right? Well, let's oh. just only do that. And I need my uh, Nalgene, Nalgene. Yeah, I know. I'm safe over here. I'm completely, I could drink as much water as I want. I, I love those, but they just, I've got four kids that decide that they think putting milk in it is going to be fine. Yeah, and they just can never yeah. get this uh, smell out of it. I keep trying, this is water only. No, this water. And yeah. Just, they don't listen. Dang kids, that yeah, that's gross. And then you know, all the adults are just as gross because they're like, "I'm gonna put beer in here tonight, or wine, or something." What beer? Where in your body? Yeah, no, in your bottle. Oh. In your and then in your body after in the bottle though. Then your bottle tastes all funny, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think I'm on. I I would not say I'm as far as your hypersensitivity, but I am definitely sensitive to what's happening, tastes. Uh, there's one specific that it's a dirty dishcloth. That smell of a dirty dishcloth. I must have had my. That's what it is, huh? Yeah, I know. I, it is what it is. Dang. It's. I must have had my face clean with it as a kid. You know, all the time, like getting done eating or something, and my parents like wipe your face off because that smell. Ugh. Yeah. No. Okay. I, so see, that's that's perfect because everyone has different things that they naturally pay attention to. Yes. Different textures, different sounds, different colors. Everybody has different obsessions, different shapes, and I, I know mine. And so I hear something like that, I'm like, "Whoa, that's so strange!" But then, like, actually, I have misophonia too. <laughs> so, like, some noises I hear, I physically cringe, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, you don't want to tell me? Don't tell me because no, someone not, will have your weapon." Yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone. No, no way. That's, just kidding. <laughs> tell me one of your good sounds. I actually don't know what it is. Just kidding. No. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, a lot of people are very averse to different textures and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's good sounds necessarily. I mean, yes, there are. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> so, like, maybe someone, like, okay, this is, like, a little bit, I don't know what, but someone whispering into your ear is very nice. Everyone oh, sort sure. of, everyone sort Seen of. Seen that YouTube lady? She's on Facebook a lot. Oh, wait, which YouTube lady? Just is a ASM, whisperer. Is this ASMR stuff? I would say ASMR. Oh. Um, just a whisper. It sounds... I don't know what is ASMR. Should we whisper the rest of the episode? Why? It might feel good on people's ears. Do you think they would like it? I don't know. They'd probably get creeped out. But it's people whisper. But people yeah, people whisper. make tens of thousands of dollars and trust me more from doing ASMR videos. What is that? Oh, so they call it automatic. No, it's <laughs> it's so. We need to. We need the producer. Get it up here I on know. the screen, Jamie. Pull that up. Um, I didn't say it right because I, I didn't want to swear. Can we swear on the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jamie, man. pull that shit up. Yeah. Hello, my name is Maria, and I'm here to tell you about ASMR, autonomous sensory meridian response. It's a pleasant, tingling feeling that you experience when you hear unique, soft voices or hear certain soothing sounds such as tapping or both like sounds of me whispering The only thing I edit out, and by the way, if there's anything that happened I can't think of anything that's happened so far that seems bad but if there's anything that you say that you're just like, I oh, get that, get rid of that, edit, 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 works. Gotcha. You should hear the beginning of Kemp's. <laughs> Auto-tune the whole thing, please. That's the only edit I want. Uh, kidding. Let's okay, do let's do a different A name thing here. So ASMR mm-hmm. is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And actually, look at this. The, the first result is CNBC. Second result is Gizmodo. Holy moly. Oh, I just put it away. But, you know, five years ago, six years ago, no, you wouldn't have found any media outlet whatsoever, anywhere, or anyone who even knew what it was. It's this thing. Well, people that, in control have it, so they're, they're turning the camera that way. They're turning yeah, yeah. the head that way. It blew up. It got big. 
Now it's in everybody's heads. And um, so these girls, it's mostly girls. Some guys do it. Shout out to the guys. But there's, you know, it's mostly girls and they do these ASMR videos. So let's say the simplest one is like a virtual haircut. You're going to put on your headphones because you can't just listen to your computer. You put on your headphones and you hear like, and like, you know, you feel all of the, the noises. They feel like you're touching your ear. Sure. So then you get these tingles, which is the meridian response. Autonomous something, something meridian res- response. And so you hear some things and they give you those nice chills and tingles. And actually, there's a different one that we get from music, right? Music's giving you chills before, like the good chills. So, but that's different chills. So those are, there's different kinds of chills and tingles in the bodies and they are two different things. But when someone hits a note and they're in tune and mm. the, that high note, I, yeah, it's right down the core. Hits me in the back and just, it's like a spike. I'm trying to think of a very funny song with really high pitched singing to be like, oh yeah, you mean like this song, but no. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of anything. The, the, the most craziest I can think of, there was some woman that was singing, she's Japanese, and she had a big orchestra behind her, and she was doing some... Oh, the movie Fifth Element. Yes. That was, like, just... Yeah, those were sending all kinds of things everywhere. I was just like, what, huh? sound is that so um yes that would be an example of one or even like mariah carey early oh, yeah. mariah carey when yeah. she was just hitting some things just like whoa before she was a prostitute for dictators in other countries oh no really don't that's not good i believe it jamie pull that shit up yes man i'm telling you <laughs> we'll get there Gina Cannon, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway as you're hitting the lakes in the summer or a Valkyrie's trip on the way out of town. Stock up on those special in-house strains. Taffy, sourdough, fruity pebbles, boost banner, green crack. Always a $5 pre-roll and special and $10 grams. Concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, edibles, AK Frost, good cannabis gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., 9 p.m., Sunday, noon to 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. It feels like I'm shutting it down, but I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to. Thanks for coming in. I mean... It's, oh, yeah. it's cool to have one for you to explain all those things because the, the reason you're on here, I'm I met you in Aurora Apothecary, 
you were bringing in, was it an order you were bringing in or just samples? Or? Yeah, actually Kemp had just, who's the owner of Aurora Apothecary, I guess everyone probably knows that, but that's, yeah, he was who, on he, the show that's who he is, don't forget it, and he's a great guy, and he, um, I was dropping off an order, so he actually bought um, some Tundra Tonic from me, he has all four flavors and some different sizes, he gives people samples, and he's super friendly, but also... Um, my chaga tincture, so chaga mushroom extracts, and um, I used to study mycology. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that deals in mushroom products that are handcrafted and also made by a person who actually studied mycology. I'm super into mushrooms, oh my goodness. So he has our um, chaga mushroom double extracts downtown as well, and I don't know about the future, I can't really speak to it, but we do have some other extracts from some other really cool mushrooms that I'm in love with, like Lion's Mane, absolutely mind-blowing crazy mushroom, and hopefully those will be um, around in, in stores at some point too. I'd like to be able to go forage a little bit more, but I have enough to at least make a you know, a good run of it, so um, hopefully some of, the, of those other things will be around, but yeah, I've, I'm starting to talk in a different direction, but we totally met downtown. Um, yeah, we're kind of meeting in the middle <laughs> of a constellation of really interesting, cool, creative people who took their lives into their own hands, who are all hardworking and are passionate about really healthy things and, and making choices about how to live the best life that, that you can while also being successful. You know, you don't have to be a car salesman or some schmuck or some cheat exploiting people and lying guess what you can succeed and make money by being a good person that does honest to goodness things and you know I, you know a bunch of people already know that it's not like i think the whole world needs to know that but a bunch of people need to know that you know um, and some people are going to choose to make money the bad way. Oh, sure. There's, it's, there's just evil. There is evil in the world. Oh, there is. Yeah, and it's not caring about other people and also the world. And you'll do anything for your own momentary, short lifespan's pleasure that's not even the highest pleasure you could possibly attain by, like, really... Do you think they're broken, those people? They don't know that there's something higher? Or they, um, or maybe that whole uh, Maslow's... A hierarchy of needs, you know, that they they are so stuck on that that lower one of survival and just feed the monkey, you know, give me pleasure and uh, pleasure I think, pain. And, I think that's a big part of it. I think that more than that, I think they're like that because they're allowed to be. Mm. I think, but some people wouldn't even choose it. No, I mean, but I think that we could have a better system in place. Of education. Where there's, where there's doors, like education, doors to the rest of the world, doors to the full potential of your mind, peace and, and understanding and all those things. That sounded a bit hippy-dippy. I didn't really mean it the hippy-dippy way. I mean, like, true peace, true understanding, knowledge, wisdom, uh, being satiated by things, and limits. I think human beings, some of them, need limits of some kind, the people ruling the world today are one million times as powerful as the most powerful people who've ever lived. Even their children are more powerful than pharaohs and kings and monarchs even of recent times. Something is not right about that. 
Give so, me an example. How so? Uh, what, um, what power do they hold? <laughs> like as compared to a pharaoh, what would you say? Um, they get to get involved in government and be on the boards of big corporations just because daddy's a part of it. Right, outside it's, their own borders, where a pharaoh pretty much had control of his own borders. Yeah, small, yeah. small, you know, small, boring borders compared compared to today. There are a few outliers. I mean, no one can top a Genghis Khan or someone else for their their like unleashed power. But, but even today, like looking at like strategy PC games, like you're playing some war game. My my ten year old no strategy of Genghis Khan. Yeah, I bet. You know, by flanking, and they didn't even have those abilities, you know, a thousand years ago, of knowing what kind of strategy that is. And by just seeing it on a computer or learning or playing a game, the different games you play, that you just... I, I think you were right with they do have more power. The understanding. Just... And Genghis Khan didn't even have 3D, you know? He was down on this two-dimensional yeah, he was playing an field. He was a pretty instinctual person, <laughs> yeah, you know? He wasn't like... Yeah, yeah. So know. power is, I mean, even Genghis Khan, yes, so powerful. But even what we have today in Warriors, what they can do... It's a bigger, fight. scarier power. It's changing not only one generation for regions, it's changing the next few centuries of the whole entire planet. The things that a handful of people do. And it shouldn't be in their hands. And it shouldn't be in literally every single person's hands either. But it definitely shouldn't be in the hands of the people who it currently is. Because they're clearly not doing a good job of enriching the rest of their peers on this planet to, let's say, emigrate into the future. We have to cross this really rough sea, this like ocean of upheaval of our entire history and dealing with knowledge and all these things and we got to get to that new life where we can be at peace with all these things and find balance and limits and and again um satiatedness you know being sad satisfaction i guess is what i was trying to say and um all those good things and really deep 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 down i mean most people would want those things if they were offered a real choice of destruction and sickness or um joy intelligence cleanliness Justice, all those things. If it came, know. if it came down to it, you couldn't look. You, Some people's truth is not that. I know, you know, but it's not infinitely subjective either. I think we're being unfair to the people who want to change the world when we say it's just their opinion. It's just their opinion. It's everybody has a different reality. Not really. I mean, my feet are on the floor. Your feet are on the floor. If I push you, you're going to fall down. Nothing is subjective about that. And the things people do and the things people think, they interact with other people's lives in limiting or enriching ways. And uh, if you're a limiter, you're doing the wrong things. I mean, there's good limits and there's bad limits. That's a whole other conversation. But helping or hurting yeah. is, is my mantra in the house. Are you helping or hurting right now? Yeah, majorly. And, just, um, yeah, intention. Just you can you can be such a conflict to someone and hurt them and impede them and not allow them to succeed. Or you can just and if you know sometimes you just need someone to tell you. Everyone's afraid to be a good example anymore. So you can just tell someone like you know, hey, that, I don't think that thing you're doing is really for everyone's best interest. Not for you. Not for the bartender. Not for all these other people just trying to have a good time. So calm down or something. You know, and um, 
everybody finds that they're going to have to say that to someone at some point, but all too often it doesn't get said. And then at the same time, you get people who try to stand up and say it, but like maybe they're wrong, actually. And it's, it's, I feel like it's just chaos and it's a storm of good intentions and, and really dumb practice. And Definitely the way you approach someone making the wrong decision. Oh, yeah. You if know, you walk into their world, very powerful. Don't they, attack. They, they, they react back. looking to list or searching for your perfect property? Well, contact Matt Wade at Century 21 Gold Rush, community member for over 20 years, helping you through the real estate buying and selling process. Matt Wade, C21 at gmail.com. M-A-T-W-A-D-E-C-2-1 at gmail.com. 907-978-0127. Helping you through the process. Matt Wade, Century 21 Gold Rush. So I met this really lovely man earlier this year from um, L.A. And sorry, it's not you, Doza. It's, um, it's my other friend that I met. Um, he used to work in politics, and so he knows this one. I, I'm going to sound like such a fool, but, I mean, this is all real. And he knows this one senator from Vermont or something like that because he used to to work in, uh, like, for, for, like, nonprofits that, that work closely with government agencies and things like that, and so there was this one year, something happened, and all of a sudden it was Vermont's time, and, and everyone was like, oh, man, we hate the LGBTs. Damn them all to death. We hate them so much. They're causing school shootings. The LGBTs are so bad. People actually say that, by the way. It's not very fair and not very nice or truthful. But, um, so... Uh, people are idiots, though. There's just... There's idiots everywhere. But more than that, I mean, I'm talking people in positions of power that are talking to the Fair. whole nation. They know what they're doing. They're stirring things up. And mm. they're saying really vile things. Back just, to which is guilty by association. Back oh, to yeah. It's, it's the gays. It's the damn gays. And, like, whatever. I didn't cause a single damn school shooting. Get out of my face with that evil rhetoric. So, all of a sudden, poof, there were, like... 20 different bills that were all anti-LGBT one year because all of a sudden people were talking about it. It became a thing. So these things are happening. These things are happening. Lo and behold, one of these people, a Senate person, a representative, I can't remember who. I don't know the names. I probably wouldn't say on a radio show anyways. I've... I think you could also look them up. I don't know. It's a mix of so many things right now. But one of their sons came out and was like, hey, I'm gay, everybody. All of a sudden, people were like, oh, holy shit. Well, you're all right. <laughs> so they must not all be bad. We know you. You're real to us. You're so-and-so's son. Hey, get out of here. You're a good kid. Oh, they can't all be bad. What is all this business? And so... Once you humanize someone and it's real to you and you feel it and you empathize with it, you know, all of a sudden, all those bills, like, poof, gone, like, things things changed and people moved on um, because that whole situation had been disarmed by just accepting that, hey, someone we like is also gay, therefore, it can't be that bad. 
I know. Or it, it's it's good that they didn't go the other way and say, "Well, I don't like him." Oh yeah, totally. That you know that does happen too. Not to gloss over the realities of the world, we don't all change the the Please. yeah. <laughs> That's totally cool. We've accepted you as a human being and we're right. going to change all our decisions. No, sometimes it makes people feel worse about you. Plenty of times. But at any rate, in this one instance, perhaps there were some elements that were dormant in that situation which enabled that solution to be a possibility. Right time, right place. Yeah. Just it, for it to happen. People who are at least somewhat thoughtful or something, or I don't know what it was, it's, you know... There's, there's a lot of potential for people to learn to get along and, you know, hey, I like eating bacon too. Oh my God, that's awesome. And you don't have to be best friends, but, you know, you can be like, hey, we both breathe air, eat bacon. Probably like sleeping in on the weekends, maybe. That's not like everybody, I guess. I don't do that, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, blah, blah, blah. My mouth is so dry. <laughs> you like music. You, you like friends. You like hanging out. Yeah. The same things. Humans. Yeah, totally. I mean, people are more similar than they are different. It's easy to forget that when you're living in the Matrix, the virtual reality where there's points and someone wins and someone loses. And But unfortunately, the you know, the stakes aren't totally imaginary. In some ways... There's there's all the incentive in the world to strive to be the winner instead of the loser. The crappy thing is that we're in a position where there has to be winners and losers in the first place. Perhaps it's totally natural. There's hierarchies for a reason, and there's in all social animals they all have hierarchies. If you were an outer space alien visitor to planet Earth, I mean, you'd be like the ants do it, the lions do it, the apes do it. The naked apes do it. All the things do it. All the smart, brainy, social mammals. Have you read Desmond Morse? No. What's naked. he all about? He, he wrote Naked Ape. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with, that yeah, with some of those concepts. Um, you ever read Paul Shepard? Mm-hmm. Tender, Carnivore, Sacred Prey. Mm-hmm. Awesome book. All Just about taking the outside perspective of it. Uh, I don't know how to qualify that statement, but he, he talks, he's like a social philosopher that also is a primatologist. So he's talking about ape behaviors and how so <laughs> stupendously many of them all directly overlap with human behaviors. Another really big name in that world would be Robert Sapolsky, because he studied baboons for a bunch of years and he writes about um, cortisol which is a, the stress hormone, like fight or flight business. And if you look at all the baboons that are like lower on the totem pole, they all have the highest levels of cortisol because they have the most stressful jobs and the meanest friends and the meanest uncles and blah, blah, blah. And they get treated badly and they're all stressed out. I talk about cortisol all the time because there's a product on my table all the, and, you know, everywhere I go, it's called rhodiola rosea and it inhibits cortisol. And um, hypercortisolemia is a legitimate, measurable thing. It stresses a lot of people out. It can affect your microbiome. It can affect your whole body. And boom, you can shut it down with rhodiola rosea. So being uh, a smaller animal? Say it again? Being a smaller animal? Being that smaller one that's getting picked on, pushed around? Oh, yeah. If you're a smaller 
and it's not about physical size. It's just about your social position. So they have all these things. How often you get groomed and how often you interact and have a positive interaction or how often someone like flexes on you and is mean to you and shows their teeth and is like, get the fuck out of here. I was here. I was hanging out here before you were, even though I just walked up on you and I scram, you know, like bullies. Yeah. So, but there's, um, you know, I say bully, you say baboon. It's, you know, how different are those things or whatever. Well, they're very different. I'm not trying to... Human bullying is much more complex than baboon social dynamics. Two totally different stories here. But... <laughs> we um, got language and writing that, that changed a lot from the primates. That, that we got to experience it, we got to show it, we got art, we got war, we got bigger uh, borders compared to we have more of us. Oh yeah, a lot of bad things. All the good things, but all the bad things too. But we're learning, we're just learning, you know, this is all new for us, to be honest. Cut them some slack. There's, still, there's plenty of time to, well, maybe anyways, there's maybe plenty of time to... Um, to fix a lot of these things and to, to make better nations and better civilizations, to tweak what we have, get rid of what we don't need, and to to do better. And but it's going to take goodness gracious, it's a spiritual revolution that everybody's kind of already going through. And it, it's it's the alien appearing, God, some half the population being wiped out by maybe a comet or something. <laughs> something so huge I oh, you're going this pathway as far as if to be enlightened for it all has to happen at once I, I don't think it can I you think there's think we can grow there organically not in a because I think it has to be good and evil I think there has to be that dominance that the yin and yang I think there is that constant push and pull of yeah, everything and it's like in philosophy it's like a dialectic where there's a back and forth, sort of debateful, not, it's not like a debate, but it's a back and forth conversation that's like, well, what about this? And what about that? And you pose all these questions and it's a dialectic and each iteration in the conversation raises up the complexity and understanding of the total body of knowledge now being shared by two people. It's a dialectic. So, you know, life is dialectical and culture is dialectical also. And yes, we have to, hope that we're improving like you you're doing this improving instead of digressing yeah like let's going, hope so yeah i am an optimist i think we are we're talking about it right yeah no totally there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic one of which is that it's like embarrassing to be pessimistic i think people uh, sort of bust your chops when you're like yeah, they don't want to be around someone like that. No, because because even it's not just that it can be irritating and make you sad. It's like, but what if you're wrong? What if you're right? What if I'm wrong? What if you're? Uh, it's like it's scary. I mean, to acknowledge if something is wrong or right, and if a pessimist is what if, if a pessimist is true? Holy crap, that's bad news. No one wants proof of the bad news. Um, so it could be either of those things. Yeah, and pessimist doesn't necessarily... That's the whole creature saying that you're completely a negative person. But we're, some, we're, we're more pessimistic and optimistic about certain situations. Yeah, we shift. You know, We shift depending on 
what our experience is, why we're somewhere, what we're doing there, what's going on, what we're really talking about. And also there's social dynamics too. If there's 10 people in the room here from, I don't know what, my high school or another 10 people here that I've met in my being a vendor life throughout Alaska, or there's 10 people from Russia, I'm going to shift how optimistic and pessimistic I feel pretty profoundly, at least out loud and socially, because people measure each other up. You know, we interact with each other even when we're not speaking. We're always measuring each other up all the time, every sentence, every gesture. And if someone measures you up wrong, that's not going to be good news for you. So I try to make sure I don't get measured up wrong. So I would certainly shift the amount of optimism and pessimism I'm, I'm down to display depending on what's going on. That could make you sound like, oh, you're so shifty. What is this? You should just always be you. No, no one's like that. No, you can't be. No, you're what? not. Yeah, you can not in North Korea. Right, no, no, right, right. I, I moved around a little bit when I became adult at 21 age and and I thought I moved to Vegas thinking I could be no one knew me there I can be whoever I want mm-hmm. to be and I I just was me in, in Vegas I didn't wasn't any much different I had different I didn't have those people around me that were telling me I couldn't be me or yeah. I was something else but I still was I was still me that's what I was so you want to know my favorite thing about that is? Mm-hmm. This guy named Jesus from the Middle East, or actually his real name was probably some crazy weird Yeshua Ben Yosef Hebrew weird name. It definitely probably wasn't Jesus. He once said, one can be a philosopher except in one's own hometown among one's own people. <laughs> like, whoa, That's funny. dark rebel Jesus. Yeah, moving away. Can't wait till I move out of this stupid town. And that is very true, because actually, I had a really rough time in northern Michigan when I was growing up as a weird kid there who had gone through some tragedy. So everybody else was like, Silver Spoon, going to these big universities, all their moms and dads of their whole lives planned out for them. I hated everything when I was young. I was miserable. Um, I didn't know what to do. And so I got on a bus when I was 19 and psh, I moved out west, three day bus ride out to Oregon. And I've been on my own ever since. So I found that same thing that you said. All of a sudden, when you're in a new place, you get this whole new start on life. And of course, if Alaska, if Alaska's anything like the Simpsons movie, that's like the only reason you moved to Alaska to, to start a whole new life or whatever. But it's actually not like that. Just kidding. You can be here for whatever reason you want. And um, But it is an exhilarating, it's such an exhilarating feeling. It's one of my favorite feelings. And getting out of sight of those crusty old calcified judgments like, barnacles on the bottom of a ship and all of a sudden you're streamlined again and really moving and uh, not that like I don't know if barnacles actually slow down ships I wasn't implying that that's no. like a real technical thing. But you, your ship stays the same it's just the different people that are looking at it You're heavier, there we go, you're heavier and dirtier yeah. more plaque in your brain except it's your virtual friend brain <laughs> that sounds very strange but 
You know what I mean? Yes. Just being silly with that one. Hamana, I... You got to come back on. Oh, I'm ready. I'm down. Because I, I... Should I come back in an hour? <laughs> you ready? Yep. Yeah, that's soon, huh? We need to do part one, too. This yeah. is where... It, um, I, I totally planned on talking much more about Tundra Tonics, but we got it in, and then... Oh, yeah. You know, we can, we can... Let's do, like... Let's make a decision to do one show that's philosophy or whatever, talking, and we can do another show that's purely, let's say being a supplement company and what that means and what our product means and what it all means in a, a bigger context also. But we That's what this was. Sort of. We didn't, you know, there was so many, I, w- I was so ready to talk about autophagy and fasting and time-restricted eating and all these. You need to get on um, Dr. Looper's health talk right here for um, Eric Kemp. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, does he talk good. about continuous blood glucose monitors? Don't know, but he does health talk on uh, 12 o'clock on 660. I'm ready. Right before the Kemp show. Oh, Scott Looper. You know what I say? No, no, no. I didn't hear the first thing. Scott, I, I might not have said it. I might have just I mumbled through no. it. Or you, you said Dr. Looper, but I'm okay. like, yeah, oh, I, mean, I know who did. that is. It's Dr. Scott Looper, isn't it? I know that person. And he's got some cool shows. So we I, mean, don't, I catch him every once in a while. We don't know each other super well. I don't want to give the wrong impression, but... Actually, Tundra Tonics is going to be there at one of their events in, um, is it this month? I don't even know. I don't even know what month it is, uh, to be honest. That sounds like... Now? No, I know what oh, month it, okay. I know what month it is now. It's, it's you said you were busy. No, it's, I mean, it's June, duh. <laughs> um, but no, we're, you know, he invited us to come there for some, like, open house type event thing. I should actually know a lot more about it so I can talk about it in a better way. But yeah, he's awesome. Come on again and tell us about it when you get ready to go on. Oh, I'm so down. Thank you for having me out tonight. Yes, you're welcome. And it just, it wraps up a lot of what we've been saying. Activate. We did not know each other. We came across each other at Aurora Apothecary with Kemp. You have something going on, being an entrepreneur, being active, being, just doing things. You seem like a perfect fit for the show, and I'm glad you came on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Hey, hey! Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farmortokers.com. Here's Token. Yes. We'll get there. It'll be, yeah, it'll be all video too, so then you will have to actually make this place a little cooler. You'll oh, yeah, have but to. But that's the thing. You just need a backdrop. Yeah, just one corner. Yeah. Yep. Just, just right one there. corner. For sure. <laughs>